Hey everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of The Elite Beat. It is your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews, and we've got a bevy of news items today. Uh, sitting next to me is Jenny. Hello. Jenny, uh, it's just you and I today, so we'll probably get out of here pretty quickly, but man, do we have a lot to cover. So let's start with what we start with every week. We call it the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Yes. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint our listeners, but I have already cracked my pop, so there will be no sound, but I am enjoying a strawberry lemonade spindrift. And I... I'm drinking a bubba full of water because we just got back from a walk and it is still hard out, hot, hot out. So I was parched. <laughs> I was thinking about the word parched before mm. I. <clears throat> okay, let's get into all the ins and outs of all elite wrestling for the week. We start with AEW Rampage ratings. Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage averaged 461,000 viewers on TNT, down 12.7% from the previous week. It is the lowest audience for the show since July 29th. Against stronger-than-usual sports competition, Rampage finished 14th on the cable charts with a .12 in the 18-49 to 49 demo. The NFL Network aired preseason football on Friday, and ESPN had the Little League World Series, both airing head-to-head with Rampage. This Little League World Series really getting a lot of views. I don't know. I can't. I think I believe it came in second last night. All right. Um, yeah. So that's rampage ratings. And while we're at it, let's talk about dynamite ratings. Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite averaged one point zero four nine million viewers on TBS, up nine point six percent from last week. It's the largest audience total for the show since February nine. Wow. The episode featured John Moxley defeating CM Punk to become the Indisputed AEW World Champion. First Punk match since June. Um, in the 18-49 demo, Dynamite topped the cable charts with a .34 rating, up 13.3% from last week. And their best rating in the demo since July 6. So they were probably number one, right? They were number one. Uh, yeah. I don't have... There's no chart. Okay, but they were number one. I believe number two did a point two two, So they were number one by like a huge by margin. a lot. Yeah. So, they threw the biggest possible match they could ever do on an episode of Dynamite. And they improved 9.6% week over week. That's pretty good. Do you think so? I mean, there's a cap to their audience. I think I would have spared that match for All Out. How um, how many, uh, like, I don't know, what does, like, Raw or SmackDown get? Do they get more than, do they get, like, 2 million viewers? Yes. Oh, okay. So there's not that low of a cap for AEW. So, yeah, they should have, I agree. That isn't as big of a... Jump. Should have been a bigger spike, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's ratings. Now let's talk about news. Okay. Uh, 
this is going to be kind of all over the place because we're covering literally a week's worth of news. But uh, this is from Ian Carey. Maxwell Jacob Friedman is expected to return to AEW in the near future. MJF has been gone from the company since he appeared on the June 1 edition of AEW Dynamite and cut a promo imploring Tony Khan to fire him. With TV rights fee negotiations likely to begin in a few months, however, he is scheduled to return somewhat soon. Hmm. The situation was addressed by Dave Meltzer in Friday's edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. MJF is currently scheduled to be returning somewhat soon. We don't know the exact time, but the negotiations for a new TV deal will likely be taking place starting in just a few months and into the spring. So the TV ratings numbers probably September to whatever the deal is closed are the most important to date. So this recent drop is the worst time to have a drop. The recent drop of Rampage or the recent drop of... Overall ratings. But they're... Had their ratings been dropped for Dynamite been dropping? Yeah, I mean, I mean, not as badly as Rampages, okay. and they were still number one a lot of weeks. But like, overall cable viewership is way down this summer. Okay. Like across the board. More news from that week's Observer. Dave Meltzer wrote that currently there is a ton of backstage drama involving many of the top guys that has gotten much worse in recent weeks. Meltzer said that the catalyst is Colt Cabana being dropped from Dark Order with no explanation or angle. He's also not being brought to TV and was going to be cut, according to Meltzer. However, AEW head Tony Khan signed him for Ring of Honor instead. This comes on the heels of AEW World Champion CM Punk calling out former AEW World Champion Hangman Page at the beginning of his Wednesday promo and calling him a coward. However, the reference and the line coward shit weren't planned, as Punk was supposed to stay focused on Moxley. Cabana had a falling out with Punk after winning their famous lawsuit against WWE Crocter, Dr. Chris Amon. Cabana sued Punk for fraud, saying that they had a verbal agreement Punk would cover his legal fees and any damages resulting from the case. The suit was dropped in September of 2019. Melter said that while the Cabana issues were the catalyst, there is an air of inevitability of problems. Meltzer said, but even if Punk's page callout didn't happen, it was probably going to happen for something else, just given the nature of the different personalities involved. It feels like a number of people are close to their breaking point if things don't get settled. Hmm. So who else is upset? No, another report didn't say. Hmm. Some better news. Two key members of the Jericho Appreciation Society have also been appreciated by AEW, as 2.0, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard, have signed contract extensions. Fightful first reported the news Friday. No terms were disclosed. So, good for those guys. They went from NXT cast-offs to an important part of uh, the show week in and week out. Yeah. All right. Speaking of CM Punk... CM Punk on social media reflected on his first year back in pro wrestling on Instagram, writing, One year ago began the best year of my professional career. Too many great moments, not enough space to post all the great pics. Rekindled passion, made new friends, reunited with old ones. Can't stop smiling, won't stop until the wheels fall off. Thank you most of all to all the fans who have made it possible. I'm having the time of my life, as there is a drive into deep left field by Castellanos, and that'll be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Well, that seems very fake. You think so? Mm-hmm. Didn't, uh, didn't, didn't like that? Nope. All right. 
Speaking of Colt Cabana, Evil Uno and Colt Cabana have revealed new details about AEW Fight Forever. They were on hand at Gamescom in Germany on Wednesday and went live on Twitch with new footage of the game. In-game footage of Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole with Aubrey Edwards officiating was shown. Uno discussed the game's controls and noted they are similar to past wrestling games with strike, grapple, strong strike, and strong grapple options. Blocking and reversals are performed by using the left and right bumper buttons. A momentum bar is shown at the bottom of the screen and players are able to use signature moves when it's filled. Other notes from the screen, stream. A deep career mode was confirmed. Players will go on the road with AEW in this mode and select a manager as well. The controls were described as easy to learn, but hard to master. Oh, sure. Kickouts and escaping submissions are done through button mashing as opposed to many games. There are 40 different weapons that are usable in the game. Characters can grab them from under the ring. The rating of the game is 16 plus and blood will be included. Ugh. In the future, soonish and stay tuned were all responses given to questions about when the game will be released. Mixed gender matches are possible. Wrestlers can also be placed in matches against themselves. Online play was referred to as a big part of the game. You can modify most things, including entrances, ring attire, and arenas, and original music by Max Caster is featured in the game. Huh. Well, that should be coming out soon then, right? Probably next year. All right. Uh, during his weekly appearance on Busted Open Radio, AEW head Tony Khan said AEW world champion CM Punk has some unresolved anger toward former champion Hangman Page. In talking about Punk's promo last week that began to set up Wednesday's title unification match between he and interim champion John Moxley, Khan was asked about Punk bringing Page into it. It's resolved anger, I think, from the world title match at Double or Nothing. We haven't really tied up all those issues, Khan said. There was clearly some stuff that didn't get resolved at Double or Nothing. So that's Tony Khan giving a weird storyline answer to yeah. a real question that I'm sure was asked of him. Because that's what he does. On the other hand, CM Punk has addressed rumors regarding his promo on EAW Dynamite last week. During an interview with Sports Illustrated, Punk was asked if he feels creatively fulfilled in AEW. Yes, 100%, he responded. You try not to put too much stock in internet rumors. But for AEW, I definitely think that's part of our audience. Twitter's not real life, though. On top of that, a lie makes its way around the world twice before the truth puts his boots on or gets out of bed. If I addressed every rumor, I'd be here all day. I love AEW. It's not a competition of who loves it more, or who's the heart and soul, or who's this and who's that. AEW allowed me a second chance to do what I do best, and that's professionally wrestle. Punk also addressed reports of backstage friction at the company. He said, It's one side of the story. My locker room is never closed. It's always open. Anybody who wants to DM Meltzer some bullshit can come and talk to me about it. It's not macho stupid bullshit. I'm an adult. Come talk with me. Wait, he gets his own locker room all to himself? Obviously, based on that comment. Probably. I mean, you know, he's the biggest star. Uh, he seems like a lot. I don't believe any of the things that are coming out of his mouth. Punk also addressed reports that he went off script when he called out Hangman Page on Dynamite. That's what I'm here to do. Make people want to see what happens next, Punk said. I'm trying to sell tickets to the live events. That goes back to me saying Twitter isn't the real world. 
Twitter is a bunch of people that don't really care about your opinion. They want to find like-minded opinions that share their worldview. I'm trying to tell stories, sell tickets, and get more people to tune in on Dynamite. Well, I think he was supposed to be trying to sell tickets for All Out, but he messed that up, and then they had to do a free show on Dynamite for his Moxley match. I don't think that that changed from I the do. beginning of the show to like halfway through the show last week. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think so. I do not think so. Um, but uh, you know, because of all this stuff that's been going on, there was a report yesterday uh, from Fightful Select that AEW talent. Uh, would be attending a mandatory meeting ahead now, of yesterday's Dynamite. Did that include, like, MJF? Did he have to fly in for the meeting? No. Anyone who wasn't booked for the show was exempt. Okay. Uh, AEW Talent, they expected the meeting to address rumors of unrest, contract inquiries, and personal issues. It's also expected that talent leaking information to media outlets would be covered as well. Hmm. Tony Khan will be present, but few other details were available at the time. So. Let's see what he actually discussed at the meeting, because then we have a report about that as well. PW Insider reported that Tony Khan was very animated and impassioned during the meeting. What is he not? He said the new mechanisms in place were designed to make things better for talents. Fightful reported the meeting took place between 3 and 4 p.m. Eastern. Other topics touched on during the meeting, including working as a team, the lines of communication, access to Tony Khan, and recent rumors of miscommunication and lack of access to Khan. Khan was reported to have said that the AEW was in in an industry that had long been dominated by WWE, and he had put everything into the company to make things better for the talents. Regarding recent reports that WWE had contacted someone under AEW contract, Khan said that Chief Legal Officer Mega Parekh, first, first ever inductee into the Elite Beat Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. uh, sent an email to WWE CEOs Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan right before the talent meeting saying not to tamper with AEW talent. I love Mega. I know you do. Fightful reported that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were said to have made it clear that their door was always open and could be reached as well. Chris Jericho and Tony Schiavone also spoke at the meeting. Thoughts? I, I I mean, I'd like to know more about what was discussed. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? All right. Eddie Kingston has recently completed a suspension from AEW. Dave Meltzer reported that Kingston was suspended from AEW a few weeks ago after getting into a verbal dispute with Sammy Guevara. The suspension has now ended. On Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer said Kingston told him sometimes he does things that he shouldn't, he was sorry, and he owns up to whatever he did. Kingston told PWI, PW Insider early Thursday morning that, You know the truth. I wouldn't lie. I was wrong for being unprofessional. That is the blind fact. He did what he did, and the public can judge that, but I know for a fact I was wrong. Meltzer said he is unsure if the Kingston versus Guevara match for All Out is still happening. What did, uh, what did Sammy reportedly do? Apparently it was something regarding the promo that he cut. A promo that he cut on him. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember this promo occurring. So maybe it didn't air. Maybe not. Um, but the word is it wasn't just verb. Like the the newest thing I read, which was from I think from Fightful this afternoon, was that like Kingston walked up to him and pie faced him. 
Like with a pie? No, no, no. That's just the term for like when you put your hand on someone's face and like. Oh, show them. I, yeah. well, I mean, he really likes that peanut butter pie in the back. I wasn't sure if he like. It's true. You know. It's good. It's good memory. It's good memory. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So he's so apparently his suspension is over. But Guevara did not get suspended, correct? I don't think so because he didn't. He didn't physically. Okay. You know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer. An AEW world title rematch between unified champion John Moxley and former champion CM Punk is the main event for next Sunday's All Out. Speaking at the beginning of the post-Dynamite Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer said the rematch is the main event, but isn't sure if they're adding stipulations or when they will announce it. Mm. He then urged the company to announce the match as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, because we are, as we speak right now, we are 10 days away from that pay-per-view, and they haven't announced a main event. So... I don't want to see this again. I know. I don't either. I, I think it's very peculiar. I think it's I think it's very peculiar. Anyway. Alright. Also on the post AEW Dynamite edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer had some notes on the Wednesday talent meeting, Thunder Rose's injury, and the angle between Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. In Talking about the meeting that featured Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, the Young Bucks, and others talking, Meltzer said it wasn't just one contracted wrestler that was contacted by WWE, but multiple people. Brian Alvarez didn't have a lot of other notes from the meeting, other than saying that he understood that the vast majority of attendees came away feeling good about things, while others did not. Meltzer said the situation regarding Colt Cabana not being an AEW in Dark Order started the issues between Hangman Page and Punk, but nothing regarding that was discussed during the meeting. He said that while some believe Punk is the reason Cabana isn't in Dark Order AEW, Punk has told people that is not the case. He believes Cabana's Ring of Honor deal pays him the same as his previous AEW deal did. Punk is such a liar. Uh, Thunder Rosa situation. On Wednesday, Thunder Rosa said she couldn't defend the AEW women's title at All Out due to an injury and that a four-way for an interim title would happen instead. This led to a groundswell of rumors on social media regarding whether an injury actually exists. Uh, word is that, yeah, she's actually injured. Uh, she must, she's apparently dealing with a bulging disc. Oh. Yeah. So, she's not, you know, like, she's not taking her ball and going home. She's actually hurt. Yeah, I assumed she was hurt. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Thunder Rosa dealing with a back injury. Okay, that's the news. Let us get into these shows. Jenny, what do you say? All right. All right. We talk about AEW Rampage for uh, August 19th, 2022. This is still in Charleston, West Virginia. We begin the show with Claudio Castagnoli, who emerges and has an open challenge for next week's Rampage that is answered by the natural Dustin Rhodes. I don't think this is going to get you the viewership you want. With Dustin. Probably not. Uh, backstage, Ruby Soho and Ortiz are uh, challenging Sammy and Ty for next week. I'm actually more interested in that match than I am Dustin Rhodes versus Claudio yeah, Castagnoli. Yeah, me too. AEW World Tag Team titles on the line. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, better known as Swerve in our glory, take on the private party. Um, and of course they beat the private party because private party is not a pushed act. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you said uh, this is the first um, title match that featured all uh, black wrestlers, right? First tag team title match, yeah. Tag team title match, okay. Yeah. I'm sure Jade Cargill has had a defense against a black woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs interrupts a card game by the Factory, who have just gone full, like, ma- Italian mafia stable gimmick, I guess. And uh, he's mad because they didn't beat up Ricky Starks like they promised, and QT says, we'll, we'll do it, we'll get it done, we'll get it done. Why is the Factory and QT still happening with Cody gone? I mean, QT is a, I believe QT has an executive role in the company now. FTW title on the line. The reality Zach Clayton cuts his promo. Hook immediately walks out and chokes him unconscious. Hmm. 14 seconds is the length of the entire affair. 2.0. I think that Hook is disrespecting sports entertainers such as themselves, and it sounds like one of them is going to be next. For Hook's Path of Rage. Billy Gunn challenges his son, Colton, to a match next week on Dynamite. That was some ice getting made. Buddy Matthews takes on Serpentico. Squashes the shit out of him. And uh, Miro comes out. Beats up Buddy. Alright, Britt Baker are uh, a little bitter because she's not going to be on the pay-per-view. And, oh well, boy, well, what can that, what that can change changes. in a few days? <laughs> what can change in a few days? I tell you what. All right. Penelope Ford takes on Athena. This was Penelope's return to television after many months away. And she did okay. Yeah, I, I always enjoy Penelope, and I liked the uh, all the flips that she does. Those mm-hmm. are cool. Sure. And uh, Kip Sabian is shown with a box on his head. Yeah, he sure is. Uh, Athena, of course, wins because she's the one who's in the feud with Jade Cargill, which brings out the baddies, and they, they beat her down, and Jade hits her with a sledgehammer, then smashes up the the wing cosplay item that she it has. It looks like she made it in her garage. It looks terrible. Um, I was just sad that Penelope had to lose on her first match back. It's okay. And that takes us to the main event of this Rampage. A trios tournament semifinal, for Rampage at least. The Trustbusters versus the Best Friends. It's the semifinal, but also just the first match. That's correct. And uh, this was this was fun, I thought. A fun match. Yeah. That... Uh, the best friends, of course, won. Fun stuff. All right, that's AEW Rampage. That takes us to AEW Dynamite. And Jenny, do you have your uh, do you have your your report ready? Oh no, you don't. Okay. <laughs> I did not. I did not uh, take up Megan's pen this week and write our recap. We are live from Cleveland, Ohio. Our hosts are Jim Ross, Taz. Excalibur and Mr. Tony Schiavone. Chris Jericho starts the show off and he wants to have a face-to-face conversation with Daniel Garcia. And this whole thing is just uh, kind of a 
a prelude to Brian Danielson coming out, and these two are, are fighting over the, the heart and mind of young Daniel Garcia, over but, whether he's a wrestler or a sports entertainer. I thought it was funny. Yeah. He shoved Chris Jericho again. And uh, Brian had a pretty funny uh, reaction to it. He laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. I think he also uh, called himself Brian Danielson. Daniel Bryanson? Yeah, something like that. Uh, next up, Jay Lethal versus Dax Harwood. Uh, Dax Harwood uh, comes up short in this one, but my enduring memory of this will be how hard they chopped each other. Yes, those uh, those chops were, were good. Yes, very fun match. After the fact, Sanjay Dutt comes out onto the ramp and says that, you know, you thought that you'd be facing Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and the Satnam Singh at All Out, but you're not. FTR and Wardlow will, in fact, be facing Jay Lethal and the debuting Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. Megan will be excited. Megan is excited. So, uh, yeah, that's a big upgrade in some ways. But on the other hand, I love Satnam Singh, and I feel sad that he's been robbed of his pay-per-view moment. Thunder Rosa steps down. Is women's world champion? Uh, well, not really. She's keeping it, but she she makes it clear that the other the four women, who are Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and Jamie Hayter, will be competing for an interim mm-hmm. AEW World Women's Championship. Yeah, Thunder Rosa's all choked up. Yeah. Next up, we have Colton Gunn taking on Billy Gunn, and uh, yeah, this was not good. No. Billy's very old. Mm-hmm. Colton's not that good. Uh, but Colton gets the win after some shenanigans. All right. Uh, oh, it does lead to uh, Swerve in Our Glory um, coming down and making the save, which sets up the Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory for All Out. I'm not really sure why. All right. Next up, Death Triangle are going to kill the United Empire. We'll see if that happens. Dr. Britt Dig Baker, DMD, takes on Kylan King. Beats Kylan King in just under four minutes. Uh, not much to this one. Britain, uh, Britain, Jamie Hayter beat her on down, and Tony Storm runs out, and Hikaru saves her, and uh, we're getting a tag match next week. I'm excited to see Hikaru Shida back. It's been a long time since she's been on television. Yeah. AEW World Title, CM Punk versus John Moxley. Punk hits him with a big head kick early on, but hurts his own leg, his foot, his broken foot. Moxley lariats him a couple times, hits him with the hammer and anvil elbows, and then uh, twists his foot, hits two Death Riders, and pins him. To unify the titles. Yeah. Yeah. I knew Moxley was going to get it. You did know Moxley was going to get it. Backstage we go as Christian is very upset at having to face Jungle Boy at All Out. He says he just was using tough love and wanted to teach important lessons to the young Jungle Boy. But he is going to kick his ass. Mm. I guess more tough lessons for Jungle Boy then. Ricky Starks, Starks comes out, uh, cuts a kind of a rambling, meandering promo about Powerhouse Hobbs. This was my least favorite Ricky Starks promo ever. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, go backstage again. Mox is um, saying that, you know, I'm the fucking man. I rule. 2022 is my year. I'm the guy. His wife is the queen of Cincinnati, so I guess his wife is the queen of Cincinnati. AEW in 2022. That's right, and that takes us, Megan, Jenny, not Megan, to our main event. I'm your wife. You are my wife. The trio's <laughs> title semifinals for Dynamite, the Death Triangle, the Triangulo de la Muerte, versus Will Osprey and Aussie Open. Do you have any comments you'd like to make about this trios match? Oh, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Wow. I cannot wait to... I, I would have been good, though, with just a Ray Phoenix-Will Ospreay match. Um, his... Will Ospreay's uh, extra two guys didn't really bring a ton to the table. But sure. Will Ospreay carried the whole thing on his own. Absolutely. Obviously, Pentagon and... Um, Phoenix. No. Pack. Pack. Um, had some good stuff as well. So, like, the Death Triangle... We're all really good, but like Will Ospreay is at a whole other level than any of them. So I was pretty happy about this. I actually stayed up until 10 p.m. to watch this. Very impressive. So, um, yeah, Pac got distracted outside when he was winning um, by the man with the box on his head. And he took the box off to reveal not Kip Sabian. And he was confused, and then Kip Sabian snuck up from behind him and attacked him and laid him out. And presumably that's going to set up an All-Atlantic title match at some point. Mm -hmm. But what it did tonight, or last night, was it cost Death Triangle the match. Because then it was basically just Phoenix left alone to take a triple-team Ozcutter from uh, the United Empire. That's Will Ospreay got the victory. And next week, our main event, Jenny... It's going to be Will Ospreay and Aussie Open versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Well, I'm pretty excited about that. I hope Will Ospreay never leaves us. He will leave us after next week. <laughs> you don't think he's going to be there for All Out? I, I mean, he'd have to... Why would we not get an All Out? Because who's he going to wrestle? Anyone. Nick Jackson, Ray Phoenix. Well, Nick Jackson um, is Dante Martin. Busy. I think Dante Martin's going to be busy in the ladder match. All right. That's it. That's Dynamite. I thought it was that. I thought that Dynamite was one of the best Dynamites I've seen in a long time. It was. It, it flew by. It was. It was good. It was. It was a fun show. It was yeah. good. I mean, it was really strong with like the. Um, the. I mean, it ended so strongly, but like having like the Moxley match um, at the top of the hour is good. I thought it was pretty funny banter at the beginning to kind of lightheartedness. Sure. All right. That takes us to the Elite Beat plug of the week. So, Jenny, what do you want to plug this week? Uh, well, I watched a K-drama, and it was called She Would Never Know. She Would Never Know. Which reminded me of uh, He Knew He Was Right, which is I think is an <laughs> Anthony Trollope uh, novel that was converted into a miniseries um it was pretty good i enjoyed it um a little slower pace but a nice story cool and that's she would never know on netflix all right um i don't really think i've taken in any media that i care to recommend over the last week wow yeah 
We what have you been doing with your life? I don't know. Working? Like, eating? Cooking? Like, <laughs> what? No, I was just, I was teasing you. Okay. Uh, yeah, nothing. We finished Only Murders in the Building. Oh, Only Murders in the Building season two was, was very good. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. really liked that. I think Megan has previously plugged it, but um, it was excellent. And uh, Paul Rudd is going to be in season three. Yeah, he is. All right. Well, that is uh, Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Okay. With that, for Jenny, I'm Andy. Thanks for listening to The Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat. <laughs>